0: Uh, welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and
1: uh, this me, guy. Again, snubbed for an, a Golden Globe.
0: Again, right, snubbed? What were you up for?
1: Uh, I was just up for whatever they gave me. Nobody called me. I did not. I tried to. I, I kept my my live stream on. I had a Zoom mm-hmm. ready to be connected at, at whatever the proper time was for a... Uh, a Golden Globe to be announced, Mm -hmm. to be delivered to me, and nothing. I didn't get a call. You know, nobody was paying attention to anything going on with me. Um, (laughs) I just sat there in a suit,
0: no pants,
1: ready to go. Me, onesie on the bottom, business suit on the top, Mm -hmm. nothing. No award, nothing. But you watched it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did. I watched it because I was waiting for them to announce my name.
0: Nothing. See, I didn't watch it because I was so uh, not into the whole HFP thing. I was like, I can't, I can't, I mean, I was very glad that she won for Billie Holiday I and mean, we'll talk about all that after. Uh, but I, I was a little like, uh, I'm not gonna, I don't know. Cause of the whole, mm. they, you know me, I'm, I don't, I'm yeah. weird. Yeah. Nancy
1: You're says weird. you look tired. No, oh no. He's, uh, I do look tired. Well, I was just going to say, um, Nancy, just so you know, I, uh, I didn't catch COVID, but I cut, I got my first illness since I've been in quarantine. So I, I caught something. I got a bug for the first time in a year. So I'm a little bit down, on that. But otherwise, I'm just fired up and excited to be here. I was, Nancy, the real truth is I uh, I thought I was going to win an award yesterday and I just didn't. <laughs> He's just down
0: about it. Should we get into it or what? I yeah, mean, let's get into it. Okay. Okay. So let's do that because we have a hard out and I, I'm really excited to have him here. And as we're wrapping up uh, Black History Month and we're entering into uh, Women's History Month, it is uh, very, very uh, timely and wonderful to have the CEO and president of Stars Entertainment and their new initiative called Hashtag Take the Lead. So without any further ado, let's just have him on right away. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jeff Hirsch. Yes. Hey, Jeff.
2: Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on today. I'm excited to be here. Big fan. So.
0: Uh, thank you. And uh, thank you for being here. And uh, we are big fans. I just finished watching episode seven of American Gods right uh, before we started this. So I'm a, I'm a big subscriber, big fan. So uh, this is great. And, and I, I want to talk about this initiative and it is hashtag take the lead, right?
2: Correct. This is yep. Yep.
0: just making sure that we add, we, we say the hashtag with it. Right. But before I get into this, I want to just maybe walk yes, up correct. real quick about how, how do you end up at stars? Like what, uh, just a slight trajectory. Like obviously you went to college, you, you're living your life, but what, what is a small trajectory? And then I want to, I have a reason for asking, I swear.
2: Well, in the first chapter of my career, I spent the first 15 years uh, post-business school at Time Warner Cable, uh, moving all over the country, running cable systems. I was in South Carolina, Rochester, New York. I was in LA, New York City, and then ended up in the corporate office for a couple of years where Chris Albrecht, who is my boss and the uh, previous CEO of Stars, and I crossed paths. And around 2015, when uh, Comcast, now Charter, uh, made an acquisition of Time Warner Cable, Chris and I have been talking about having me come to um, Stars as his business partner where he was doing creative and I was really running the business and we had a great partnership. And as they say, his the rest is history at this point. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been a great five years at Stars. I think we've taken a company from, you know, a single revenue linear cable network to now a data- data-driven global streaming service in over 56 countries around the world. and uh it's you know really exciting i think our programming mandate around which was the foundation of this hashtag take the lead has been something i'm really excited about and we continue to get great content with great big talent attached to it and then i'm looking forward to having that on the network in the next year and year and a half it
0: is amazing how long ago did stars start wasn't that long ago stars
2: has been around for 25 years has it 25 years i joined five years ago feels
0: like there was yeah. a rebranding not so long
2: ago. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we did a rebranding about four years ago. Um, okay. You know, I think when Chris Albrecht came here about nine or ten years ago now, he put the company into starting to – it was a movie service. He started to doing originals. Uh, at the time, I think Chris was smart to try to really go after underrepresented voices and fresh voices. I know you've had Rebecca Cutter on, who's the first-time one of ours. With mm-hmm. Hightown, Town's phenomenal show that we have. Um, and I think as we launched our app and we got first-party data, what we really realized that was driving our business was women. Um, and so we 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 pivoted our programming strategy to this mandate of narratives by, about, and for women. And so as we've become really a, a network, and that's not at the exclusion of men. I think Outlander is a great example of co-viewing in the home. Mm-hmm. But as we really started to focus on putting content for a female audience on the air, it became very apparent to us that not only did we have to have you know great content with the, from a female point of view and a female gaze, but we had to have showrunners and writers and directors and everybody from on the screen, behind the screen, even into the office um, You know that was authentic to the cause. And, and as we did that, we realized in the moment that we have that we could launch this brand extension or initiative called Hashtag Take the Lead, which is really our commitment to becoming a role model and showing the industry that putting, you know, of our series leads are people of color, 54% of our showrunners are female, 75% of my executives that report to me are women, half of those are women of color, that putting, you know, representation on the screen behind the screen is really good business. And it's the right thing to do. And so we rolled this out, because we believe that we have a social responsibility to the community to do this.
0: Well, yeah, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to, you know, walk the walk. Now, when you decide to, because you have to, first of all, you make the decision. I mean, you're starting this off with diverse programming, which you guys have had for a while now. Uh, that being said, what what compels you, though, to say, okay, let's test ourselves. Let's pay a bunch of money to UCLA storytellers and scholars and see where we're at. Like, how does this, you know, dawn upon you? And because it's not a small undertaking by any means.
2: No, I, I think if you're gonna, you know, put, you know, it's kind of walk to walk, talk to talk that you have to have a baseline. And you know we could have measured ourselves but i don't think that would have been a really good third party baseline to hold ourselves accountable i think mm-hmm. as much as we want to go out and hold the industry accountable for putting diversity on the camera and behind the camera in the director's chair we have to hold ourselves accountable and by having a third party like the wonderful ucla storytellers that we will do every year it will give us a benchmark to see how we're improving. because we're not perfect we have a long way to go I was very surprised by the level of, of female directors that we had on the show. I thought it would be in the 60s or 70%. It was in the 40s, so that's going to be a really big focus of mine in the next 12 months is to get that number up and put more women in, in the director's chair for all of our episodes.
0: So, okay. So so now, and you have a, am I right in calling it a symposium that's coming up in April where you're going to have a bunch of people come and talk about everything you're doing?
2: Yeah, I, I think as part of this initiative, we wanted to make sure that this was an ongoing, living, breathing that kept going for years and years to come. And, and we came up with transparency talks, which will be monthly talks. Where we'll bring, you know, partner with NGOs like the ACLU and the California Film Commission and UCLA um, and, and have these talks where we not only bring up issues that either prevent or help put diversity on the screen behind the screen, but also bring third-party panelists in from outside the industry so that we can hear a different perspective and that we can have executives who have dealt with diversity and inclusion in their industry and what they did to move that, the needle in their industry as the ideas to generate ideas for us. And so it's not just our industry talking to ourselves, but it's issues in our industry with perspectives from outsiders and to help us you know, craft um, ha- solutions and answers. All of these talks, these monthly talks will culminate in a Star Summit uh, at the end of the year, where we'll highlight really impactful, you know, moments from the talks, bringing guest speakers and really have a celebration of women in diversity in television each year. And then we'll also obviously launch, you know, announce the study with C L A and what the next year study looks like and use that as a launching pad for the data.
0: Now, I mean, please correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but you are right now, as far as I know, the only people who are doing this. I haven't heard of a study like this on any other network
2: you know uh, i think netflix just came out yesterday with usc and launched a study of looking at at themselves and what they Mm -hmm. did um and so other than that i think we were the first to do it uh netflix i think has followed suit and i applaud them for you know looking at themselves and taking a hard look at what they're doing and again setting a benchmark to how to improve as we've done Uh, but i think it's important again you can't you know for me as a business guy you can't fix a problem unless you know what it looks like and this was the first (laughs) way for us to determine you know, where we were good, where we were bad and where we needed to improve.
0: Yeah. Now, before you, you know, started any of this, I I think there was a lot to be said about, you know, how you chose your programming. And I think the start of that we saw uh, definitely with power. And now you have a four quarter, like different shows. How, How do you decide to make that sort of a revolving viewing where all the people who want to watch this show and love this show get, you know, four quarters of different shows involved there? How is this a decision and how did it come about?
2: Well, first, I think we would define our programming mandate around, you know, narratives foreign and by and about women and underrepresented audiences. And we saw, you know, if you can social media is a great uh, marketing engine and a good feedback loop. And, and when the end of power year came, people would say, oh, my God, you know, what's next? And, you know, we would try to put more shows on that were similar, but we never really got there. And in the digital world, it's unlike my cable background where you had to call a truck and call a call center to disconnect and then it's hard to connect and disconnect in the digital oh, yeah. world you can click in <laughs> and click out pretty easily. And so we saw you know churn based on the end of power and you know Courtney Kemp and 50 had this great idea of doing the kind of power universe like the Marvel universe although most everybody Marvel's good and most everybody <laughs> powers bad. Um, and we just launched our first spin-off ghost had a record performance for the first season. Uh, we've already been it to come back for season two. We've got the Raising Canaan coming this summer, which is the, the 50 character at 15 in Jamaica, Queens in 1990, New York. The music's amazing. The clothing's amazing. That's a great story. Patina Miller will play his mom, and it's Patina Miller teaching 50 how to become a gangster, and it's spectacular. And then we're now shooting the Joe spin spinoff in a unnamed city. Cause I want to give it away, uh, which will be the the third spinoff. And that, you know, Joe is a huge fan favorite and that storyline's amazing. And I love reading those scripts. And so, and then we have 50 coming in with EMF, which is the the big meat story out of Detroit and the two brothers becoming, you know, the biggest drug dealers in America and follow them through Atlanta, to LA and music. We've got a great show called run the world with Lionsgate TV, which is, Four African-American women in Harlem, basically running the world. And it's as funny as anything's ever been on television. I'm super excited that to get that on the air. And then we, working with Lionsgate, we took blind spotting the movie and turned it into a series. And that is really, it's hard to explain it until you see it, but it's such a special show uh, that I'm really excited to get down on the network. And so if you think about everything I just talked about, we've got something every week, 52 weeks a year, for that audience. And then on the other side of that, you have the Outlander audience, which is our other core demo. We've mm-hmm. done the White Queen, the White Princess, the Spanish Princess. We're shooting Becoming Elizabeth in London right now, which is another queen. I call them Great Women History. We're going to do the Catherine Domenici story, which will start shooting in in France in the next couple of months. We've got great comedy, a Sharon Horgan half hour that Courtney Cox and Greg Kinnear are oh. going to lead which is you know really uh, just unique new for the network and then last week we just announced um a watergate drama which you would say it's another boarding watergate drama but this is through the eyes of martha mitchell i don't think anybody has really told the story about her role in uh exposing watergate for what it was um and it's a really wonderful story of martha mitchell and her struggle between telling the truth and losing her family because remember the country came she she you know testified in front of congress and the country came down on her and uh, she lost her family because of it and we were lucky enough to get julia roberts to play martha mitchell and sean penn to play john mitchell and so a lot oh. of really great com- content coming for for the for the fan base uh and again all of it fits within this programming mandate under the focus of take the lead it's stories you know fr- from the female point of view with great characters directed and run by women and we're really excited about Uh, what's coming up the network in the next year and it's take the lead is the foundation of all this it's our guiding principle we make decisions on content based on that um and it's it's been really i'm i'm super passionate about what we're doing i think it's the right thing uh for the community and for the business and it's right thing for our most importantly our fan base
0: oh it's beyond right it's, it's cutting edge and it's what's needed to happen for the longest time and it just makes me giddy I mean I know I'm being very calm because you get me a little nervous Jeff I'm not going to lie you're, <laughs> you're, you're a formidable dude you know I mean like I'm a little like oh wait I that, want... but... <laughs> no I can see like how you could fire someone easy <laughs> like I have no doubt I'm like sitting here I'm like are you going to fire me any moment because I'm a little nervous that being said let me ask you a question when you are now you so you have these mandates set, you're pushing forward in a way that I, I honestly you're you're blowing my mind. How, what are you looking for? And let me ask you two things. What are you looking for when you're looking for female driven content when someone's coming in to pitch to you? And what are you looking for in your your women executives as you're looking to hire? Is there certain things that that are, you know, uh, spanning the brand?
2: Uh, Two good questions. I'll take the second one first. I don't really, I kind of am looking for the best executive to fill the role. Uh, And that's the first and foremost. And I've been lucky enough to have you know, five or six female executives that I think are some of the best in the business. And we've got lucky that way. And they really developed into great executives in each of their disciplines. So again, we're looking to hire the best person for the job, always with an eye on diversity and inclusion, because it's just, it's who we are and what we do. And we have to be authentic from the front of the screen through to the office. Um, but again, it's the best executive, and that's what we're looking for. Uh, and that means sometimes that we see a very raw, great, talented executive that we can help grow, and that's part of our responsibility. And you know, 80% of my job is is to you know, hire good people, set great direction, and let them be successful and grow. And, and I'm more of a coach than anything else. Um, and in terms of what we're looking for, you know, we have a show called Heels that we've announced. Yeah, it's a lot like Friday Night Lights. It's two brothers. It's a Ken and Abel story. It's amateur wrestling in the South. Michael Waldron wrote it. Uh, it's emotional. It's a fa- Southern family well, it's drama. The but Arrow like, guy, right? Michael, guy Wal- Arrow.
1: Michael Waldron from Starburns Industries.
2: Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. and, and, and the who it. used to be Arrow, right, Steven? Yeah. Yeah, Steven. Yeah. But on paper, you'd say, oh, it's two guys. It's two brothers. This is not a show for, for us, but it's it's a, it's a real struggle. It's a family drama. It's a canonable story. It's a very emotional story. And we think it's, you know, a lot like Friday night lights, but you know, with amateur wrestling, which is a perfect fit for our stuff. So, you know, it's, it's a nuance and it's hard. It's very hard because it doesn't, you know, we're not just looking for a female lead with the, with the story. It's, it's, mm-hmm. there's gotta be an emotional bones to it. There's gotta be a great point of view. There has to be, you know, a great, you know, deep character relationship, I think what we're looking for now is those stories, those unique stories that are told by, you know, fresh voices. You know, Rebecca Cutter is a great example. Hightown is, I think, as good as anything on TV. It's a diverse cast. I'm from the Cape, so I love the fact it's set on the Cape. And Rebecca was a first-time showrunner. And, you know, Courtney Kemp, season one hour was a first-time showrunner as well. So, you know, those fresh voices are really important to us because I think, you know, I think some people confuse content as being a commodity. and it's not and there's a different point of view there's a different angle we've got a a show that we haven't announced yet from a you know 26 year old writer who Mm -hmm. when i read the script was blown i was that's what i read all year and you know she she actually went to Penn undergraduate and i asked i made the mistake of asking her what year she graduated so i won't even (laughs) tell you um but you know i'm excited to get that show on the air and she's a first time showrunner and so we're really, that's what we're looking for is, you know, fresh ideas, fresh voices, you know, coming from that audience that really hits our take the lead mandate.
0: And, and just to be clear for, for our audience too, when you say, you know, I, I know what you mean, but I want to just be clear about it. When you say a first time showrunner, what you're saying is that STARS is letting these creators, you are letting these creators who have never run a room, you're letting them run these rooms and take the show over and make their creative vision the vision.
2: That's a yes, right? Absolutely. Katori Hall and P Valley is another example. And you know, talking about the Globes last night, I think P Valley should have been in every category on the Globes and Dramas last night. And it's disappointing to me that it wasn't, um, because I think that show, uh, you know, broke, you know, was another, you know, breaking show in terms of fresh perspective on television, and it should have been it should have been recognized that way. Now it is being recognized at the NAACP Awards with six nominations, and we're excited to to go there and see uh, see the show be obviously rewarded for the great work that it's done.
0: Yes, and now you seamlessly gave me my sequitur, which is my next question, which is, um, I'm going to ask you overall, what are your thoughts about this whole HFP thing? I mean, ours have been very blatant and very loud over here, but I'm curious to hear what you think.
2: You know, I don't. I won't really talk about other people's organizations. What I will say is that there's a reason why we're doing Hashtag Take the Lead and, and standing up uh, what we think is our responsibility to the community. To highlight how well we've put diversity on the screen, behind the screen, and in the office, and if we can, and if our talks that we talked about earlier uh, can help, you know, change any other part of the industry to improve what we think we're taking the lead on, then then we've been successful in what we're trying to do here. And so I hope uh, that we have, you know, our our social responsibility to the community and the example that we're setting actually impacts the rest of the community in a big way.
0: Yeah, you're you're very good, Jeff. I have to say the the way you choose your words, it's no wonder that you are exactly where you are in this business and with stars as a whole and with take the lead. So, so what I want to ask you because you brought something up that I find interesting and I've been sort of talking about for a while, which is you started in cable, right? You started in physical boxes, running lines. Now. I have been a proponent for a while that this is going out. We are going to see the end of DirecTV, like Blockbuster, the end of Spectrum, and we're going to be just a la carte streaming. Do you have a forecast for this? And if you do, what is your you know plan?
2: Well, look, I'm I'm a you know retired cable loyalist, so I, I think cable will always be there in some form or another. Don't forget to get your broadband connection, you have to go through a cable operator. And I think that's a phenomenal service And that last mile in the home is a really unique thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether it's, you know, and I think if I wear my cable hat, whether it's streaming or it's old coax, it's distribution, right? And so the cable companies can stream, whether it's broadband in a bunch of our apps that they provide or it's their video service, I think there will always be a role for wonderful companies like Spectrum and our partners at Comcast um, obviously satellites a little more challenged because they don't have that broadband connectivity uh, that the cable operators do. But, you know, if you think about what the cable business has done, that's, they buried all those lines and built broadband based on private investment. And so you got to give as much as I think people don't like a service. Cause I, I get that I've lived it, you know, mm-hmm. they've created a wonderful, you know, broadband and, and cable modems and docs is 1.0 and 2.0 and, even the video product was at the time before they priced it out was a really compelling offer to get a lot of different disparate cable channels in one simple place. And so, I do think the business is changing. I think it's generational. I mean, if I had to say to my mother today to go buy an Amazon Fire Stick, find the HDMI port in the TV, plug it in, download <laughs> Amazon, and download Stars to get Outlander, she wouldn't watch the show, right? And so,
0: same um, with my mom. Uh,
2: right so but i know a lot of friends that just download the app and watch the show so i think there's always going to be a role um for some kind of cable distribution whether it's a full video service or just broadband it's yet to be determined but they provide a wonderful role and we you know we've got a lot of customers on the traditional cable side like my mother um and they're great customers and 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 so we think there's a lot of upside on the traditional business for stars still as well we're not fully penetrated like a Discovery Network or an AMC, we've got a lot of upside and, you know, globally, I think same thing. I think, you know, in the 56 countries we're in outside the US, we've got an app, we're on different partners, but it's really, there's a lot of consumer choice and customers like to watch on traditional cable or they like to watch on satellite or they watch on our app or on Amazon and stars needs to be in every one of those places so that the consumer wants to see us we're there.
0: Right. But you talk about consumer choice, which is always interesting to me. So how does it fit into a uh, business model such as yours or your empire, let's say, where you have this now new idea of like, okay, there's a show I want to watch on stars. So I'm going to take $8.99 a month and I'm going to wait till it's over, binge it for a month and then cancel my subscription. So are you, are you working that into your business model as far as how you're programming and, and you know moving forward branding wise?
2: yeah the digital world has really made us have to become smarter about scheduling and how you put content on the air And as we talked about part of the reason why it was important to get all those power franchises is that we could run them back to back to back so that a power customer who watches ghost then moves into force then moves into Kanan, then moves into bmf then comes back to the ghost and so we don't have people disconnecting because we're always serving something that they want to watch and it's really important to have a consistent flow of content for each of the consumers that we're serving. And we've used first-party data, which we've never had before. I mean, before the cable operators just used to send us a a check-in saying, this is how many customers you had. Now we, our app, we get so much first-party data. It's really helped inform our scheduling and our programming slate. And so, you know, I would say scheduling for retention is probably the most important thing you can do in the digital world these days.
0: And that's where the four quarter concept really comes from, huh? A genius, Correct. Jason. Is this is this mean we're done? We have to be done. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. I'm just giving Jeff his uh <laughs> his uh red light, so he.
0: <laughs> okay, well, Jeff, I- I'm thrilled. If I had to ask you just one more thing, where do you see our business in five years? Just, I know it's a big question, but just in a in a small way. Just, you know, do you see us thriving? Do you see it all, you know, as streaming? Just, just curious. I know I have to let you go, but I'm dying to know this.
2: You know, look, I think we're continue as we get through the pandemic we will, you know, I think, you know, desire to go to theaters and see big budget movies will come back even stronger. The model has changed. I think the PVOD model is additive, not um, cannibalistic to the traditional theater model. And so I think that will help everybody, which means more people will put more content on the air and have more independent producers making content with these new business models on the movie side. I think television continues. I mean, if you look at the content, I mean, it's hard to keep up with such great stuff and that's, that's getting on television these days. And so I think that will continue and I think it will become global. I think Netflix has done a nice job of putting shows like Narcos and Lupin from all over the world on the US and vice versa. And I think it will shrink, that, you know, the, the digital environment that we're in will shrink the world and get access to much more content, whether it's from India or from Spain or from LATAM in the US and vice versa. And so globalization I think of our business is the next kind of big phase so it's exciting we've got shows being produced in Spain you know in India the UK and Latam and we're happy with those everywhere in the world because we think they'll play globally
0: I mean you you are a fascinating man what you've done is amazing take the lead is just uh, everything we want this business to be and I, I can't thank you enough for taking your valuable time to be here with us today and answer these questions I'm just thrilled
2: well, thanks for having me, and Chuck, we have a new RBG documentary on stars that starts today, so everybody, it's fantastic, and uh, I think people should check it out, so.
0: Right on. Thank you so Appreciate much, Jeff, for everything you on. do.
2: Thanks, thanks so much. L- have a L- great day.
0: You too, okay. ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Hirsch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... Oh, cool. I know I don't get a lot of time with a guy like that because, you know, he's running a fucking empire. Yeah. I you know. know I was look, at, once?
1: look at that. Like he And he has time to shave, though. I, like, look at that. CEO looks actually... Like a CEO, like I look like a, like I'm the CEO of like an Amish granary. Uh,
0: you know, it's interesting because I really wasn't kidding. It's a different kind of, I've never been nervous like that. And I, I really wanted to make sure I did a guy I was like prepared. I wanted to do a good interview, of course. But there's an interesting thing that happens when you're with someone at that level, you mm-hmm. know, at that ilk, who's got so much at their fingertips and they're dealing on so many different, you know, uh, spectrums at once, no pun intended, that uh, I was a little like, oh, all
1: right. I'm just gonna. He knows what he knows what he's doing. You you could tell his oh. time is. Well, and I mean, but that's yeah. the beauty of the stuff that he's doing, right? Like he's right. taking the time out to talk about this thing that's that's really important. This take to lead the lead, so you know that this is a priority for him, right? I'm willing to go. I'm willing to guess Mr. Hirsch doesn't go on a on podcasts just to talk, just just to shoot the shit. Although yeah. I he I heard that he has a re- lot of really interesting. um, fan theories about American gods, even though it's already a book, you don't need to come up with theories.
0: Um, Really? Oh, damn. No, no, not at all. I'm just making that shit up. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know what I do want to do and take a moment just to read this because with the Take the Lead initiative that they did in this report, the highlights of it, on screen, Star series leads are 57.9% women with 63.2% people of color. Behind the camera, they're 54.6% women With 45.5 people of color and leadership is 75% women with 50% people of color. I mean, if that's not walking the walk, what is absolutely. And he's still trying to improve it. Right. And he also
1: scares the shit out of you.
0: I need to shave. Did you hear? Did you? see? Yeah. I'm a little scared. Yeah, I really was like, are you going to fire me at any minute now? Is that what's yeah. going to happen? Cause he's a formidable <laughs> motherfucker. He's
1: good. no yeah, joke. Smart.
0: He's smart and he knows what
1: he's talking about. That's uh, that's what you can get from it. And And uh, no, I mean, and I'm just really impressed with all the stuff that he's doing. I, I do appreciate the, um, you know, that drive, we talk a lot about it here, you know, and, and I also appreciate that he doesn't talk about other people's things. And he's just really proud of what he does. Uh, yes. But we, we can shit all over the um, <laughs> Hollywood, <laughs> foreign <Press. laughs> Hollywood foreign press, <laughs> which they did a little <laughs> bit on their own yesterday. I mean, they didn't, you know, they let. Uh, I know you didn't get to see it yet, but uh, uh, Amy. No, and I, I was
0: looking forward to this. Not, I'm interrupting you only for this reason. I actually, aside from you know my reasoning for not watching it, I was looking forward to you walking me through what happened, so we can do it for our viewers and listeners. How are you like that? <laughs> not it like
1: sounds the whole like what thing. I'd say if I if just my give, dog ate my homework. But I am no. Just give me the it. highlights. No,
0: no, I really mean it. <laughs> My dog didn't need my homework. I'm ready. I was like, I always just thought it'd be better if I you told me all the answers. No, 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 I told me like, like, like okay, fine. I, I, I mean like we could have fun. We can have fun with it. He'd be like, who do you think won that? And I'd be like, I'll tell you who I think won. And then you can tell me who won. The point is, that I'm not thrilled with what they did. You know this. So please continue with what you were saying because it was right. much better than what I said.
1: <laughs> no, I was just saying like, I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's when you can come out with stuff like that, um, fully proud and locked in and ready to go that really kind of shows what you're made of, right? Like it yeah. didn't, it wasn't like, oh, look, there's this, all this problem. We're going to set this thing up and go. It's like, Hey, listen, we're already doing it. We want to see just where we land within the, the spectrum of things because we're proud of where we are and we feel like we could do even better. And uh, I respect that. I, I think that that's that's the place we always should be looking. Like I like to look at Starburns Audio as a very inclusive place, you know. And and but it, it but it takes kind of digging deep into it, looking through all the pieces, you know. Whether you know what I feel isn't always what's real. And uh, it's mm-hmm. nice to see a company, a corporation, a um, um, a media outlet, a creator um, come out and actually analyze in that piece because it can always come out surprising. I, I've i done this before. It's like, oh no, we're good. And then I look and it's like, oh no, we're not. We <laughs> we celebrate a few victories, but we don't necessarily recognize the the, the greater scheme. And so um, I just really appreciate that, that, that I'm taking that time.
0: Well, yeah. And you too. Oh, hey Tim, what's up? And Dan, thank you for what you said. I, I appreciate it. And and let me say, you know, it is a, it's a very hard thing to do, especially when you're successful and you have a good gig going you know if you have a company running it's very hard to dig in and look and be like where am i where are we you know failing or where are we able to pick up and that's right. that's the hardest thing to do in success especially
1: well yeah and i and i think that's a perspective of a you know i i can't speak for him directly but as a you know as a leader of a company it's not even where are we failing it's like always just pursuing better, right? It's not even a matter of whether we're success or failure. It's always just, Hey, listen, we got to go where, where the right, where, you know, we want to be on the right side of history and constantly working and, and evaluating and iterating through until you find that thing. And then eventually that'll evolve a little bit too. And so you want to just make sure you're always staying, staying with it. And that's, that's somebody who's active and, uh, and working towards it. So oh, applause yeah. for uh hashtag take the lead. Really excited to, uh, to have Running that. Thank you is- so much. Jeff, and then um, I would also like you to put your money where your balls are um, <laughs> with me MeUndies, offer code STUCK. You can spend a little bit of money on keeping your nether regions as, uh, as soft and as comfortable as possible. You know, um, they are, they, they're still super exciting. They're still putting in that feel free lace, which uh, um, doesn't come on the boys underwear, um, which means I might need to make a couple choices. <laughs> <laughs> um, in my underwear shopping. But um, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, everything's looking beautiful over there. still made with the micromodal. Everything is still soft, and they've got a whole bunch of new, uh, um, a new, new patterns, in ki- including these really cute ones with sloths on it, just like laying around and chilling. When I first saw them, I thought they were just lazy elephants, which I would also have accepted, but uh, sloths work for me too.
0: Listen, I think that the reason they choose sloths is because once you put them on, you yeah. really lose some yeah, just want to like I could just hang out here.
1: I just hang out here in my softness. Like the sloth's only wearing, which is weird because the sloth in these particular underpants is only wearing flowers on its head, which would be interesting. I feel like if you really want to like double support it, you put the sloth in some underpants too, so he's soft and sleepy. Um, that's that's free advice for you, Miandis. <laughs> I'm just the CEO of a podcast network. I don't really know what's going on in the, in, in the underwear streets, but uh, underpants sloths. I'm just saying, just go for it. Give it a shot.
0: Right. And that is, again, the micromodal technology. It's sustainable beechwood trees, pulp to yarn. I'm not going to do my thing because you was so good today. It's just, I don't even want to step too much on it. $19.99, right? For the membership, free mm-hmm. shipping. If you don't like it, just tell them you don't like it. They'll give you your money back. They don't even want, believe me, they don't want the underwear back. No, that nobody want wants it.
1: Nobody wants your dirty underpants. <laughs> I know they're soft. Right. Keep them.
0: Yes. So meundies.com, offer code STUCK, 15% right. off. Just get soft. That's all. Right. Get soft. So That's what do you want to do? Do you want to, do you want to go through some news? Do you want to talk about the Gloves? There's, there's a lot to go through. And by the way, I did my homework. I'm ready. Even though I didn't watch it, I know what's going on.
1: I, I didn't say that. I just said, I just said that if you're going, hey, you could surprise me with the answers. I was like, all right, I can. I think it
0: came out wrong. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think I'm still a little nervous from Jeff Hirsch. I think that's what happened.
1: No worries. All right. So, do you wanna you wanna start getting into these? You wanna talk well, about some winners, losers? I, I'd love to, unless there's some news we want to go through
0: first. I mean, the, the, all the, the news is,
1: is, the, the, is the news is that uh, the, um, <laughs> the this Globes. thing called the Golden Globes, the most one of the bigger awards shows about content was on last night, and uh, I'm gonna
0: tell you all about it. <laughs> no, we're gonna tell you about it. What did you think of the show? That's what I want to
1: know. It was fine. I mean, it was fine. It was fine. I don't like award shows at all. Anyway. Um, I thought that uh, I, I thought that Tina and uh, Tina and Amy did a good job as best you could. Um, and uh, I'm confused by why all these things exist still. I don't understand the, uh, the methodology one? for all the uh, different. Uh, okay, so for example, there is a mm-hmm. best actor in a motion picture drama. There's yeah. best actor in a comic, comedy musical, and there's a best actor in any motion picture. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. What that means?
0: Did someone take the time? Because the, you're right; it doesn't make any sense. Uh, and then they make them uh, these, the, you know, th- these categories very confusing. Best television, limited series, anthology series, a motion mm-hmm. picture made for television. It's like, okay, what? <laughs> How does this? What are you? What What are the uh, delineations for these sections?
1: I have no. I, I mean, I, I they kind of gave it a little bit of a try, but they really didn't. I mean, here's. Mm. I think this is the thing about the. Uh, here's the thing about the, uh, the awards. I don't Mm -hmm. believe that there's anything at all, um, that, that is real. I think that the, the Hollywood foreign press makes exactly as many awards available as they need seats to fill and, and just decides, okay, well, this is a limited series now and we don't have somebody here or, Hey, we need to, we want it. We need to offer up another person, a slot. Oh well, they were in a TV series, like they were in a show that was only six episodes. So let's do best, best actress in a six episode arc, you know, sci-fi show, right? Like I feel like, like I feel like half of this is the MTV Music Awards. It's like best, best upside down kiss goes to Spider Man and Kristen Dunst, right? Like I feel like that's kind of (laughs) how they they do these.
0: You're not wrong. So, so what did you think about the Crown winning best TV series drama over Uh, Lovecraft?
1: I mean, I think that. I think that based on your, your and Brandon's um, write-up that it deserved it. Um, I, I mean, it bores me to tears, but I mean, overall, I mean, this show is the show, right? Like this is the godfather of television. So I think that that's probably the right call if you're into TV, but not for me. So who would you have chosen? I mean, I'd take Lovecraft in a
0: second. You, you would have taken Lovecraft over Ozark? you know, obviously oh, yeah. over ratchet, even over the Mandalorian though. Cause you're a big man. Oh, yeah. Williams,
1: no, right? I didn't. I no, I, I was, I was a bigger fan of the second season than I was of the first. I, I liked it. I hated the first season. Um, and I liked the second season. I think that that's where you could put me on. It was not the best TV ever. Um, there's lots better. And I think love calf country was much, much mm-hmm. better. Um, I, I still don't see the appeal. all like, I know these are the ones that we always are going to, that we differ on. Like I understand uh why Ozark hits some lists, I don't feel like it's mm-hmm. that original in comparison to a lot of the stuff that's already come out. So I don't see it as one of those. To me, it's not as prestige. It feels, you know, it feels too much like the the things that have kind of come recently before it on television to me, mm-hmm. um, which is why Lovecraft to me is such an important and uh, winner is because there's nothing that's ever been on television like it before.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I, I will say that, you know, what the crown does, you know, I do agree with that award. Yeah, I, I do. And I, I'll tell you, I, I know you agree with the next one being Shit's Creek.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's tough with the comedy stuff. I really love Shit's Creek. There's so many comedies that I love. Uh, I can't complain about Shit's Creek. I, it's tough. I don't think that that season was their best season. It's the most fan fulfilling season and they should have got it later. But, um,
0: but Ted Lasso. I mean, I would have gone with Ted Lasso.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I, I really would have. Now that that being said, you know, Schitt's Creek—they're great. They they did an amazing job. I, I just wonder if they they actually voted for Emily in Paris, and then after all the hubbub, they're like, oh, we can't have that win. <laughs> We're yeah. already busted. We gotta. You know, <laughs> we
1: gotta well, they pull always that have back. one like that. I mean, they had um, that. What is it? The tourist. I, I remember it was a real like uh, weird one that came up. Was a oh, like, I yeah. mean was it
0: the night with manager? Johnny Depp? Oh, uh, no. oh, oh wait. No, Tourists with
1: Johnny Depp, uh mm-hmm. it came out uh and they, they nominated it for a bunch of things. Uh it came out in this is a while ago, 2010, but it was like twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, thirty-seven percent Metacritic, but it got like nominated for a bunch of stuff at the Golden Globes. Um, so I feel like like, you know, th- those oh, are the kind that tell you what you know, kind of what a movie is uh, like this. This is why I say like, they don't really care, Uh, you know, awards nominated for the no- three golden globe awards, best musical or comedy Depp is an actor. Angelina Jolie is an actress. Um, And uh, yeah, so right
0: now, you know, again, I, I go with, I love small acts. Though I, I would say, now again, I don't understand this, this category because, you know, I, I brought it up before, anthology series or motion picture made for television. Those are two different things entirely, FYI, right. you know, and uh, small acts should be in its own category. You know, I guess it's an anthology series, but they really are motion pictures made for television. And yeah. the, the rest of them are all anthology series, meaning right. that they're not going to make another one, right? They're just, this oh. is the season
1: this is the season. And it's also a weird one because they're an anthology series. But like, if you'd released these as indie movies, they're just movies. Right. Right. Am I wrong? Right. Like, these no, are just you're totally movies. right. You're totally like, right. They were made and they were on television, but like, these are movies that like, we were great. Steve McQueen was willing to do and put in an anthology series. Um, it's just, they, two of them were competed in the Cannes film festival. Like they don't let TV shows compete in the, In the film part of the festival, because these are movies. So like, this is again, one of those times where it's like, okay, well, we're just, we're just going to nitpick it. Like we need to figure out how to put some inclusionary shows in here and that's how we're going to do it. But it just doesn't make sense to me.
0: No, it doesn't make sense. And and by the way, it didn't save them. You know, Mm -mm. didn't, you know, Oh, we'll put small acts in No, it's not. You you guys are fucked. This is not, uh, you know, this is not going to happen. This time's up on, on this. And I think, you know, do you think we'll see a change? Next um year.
1: yeah I mean there has to be right like there 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 you well I mean maybe there isn't but like I feel like there they tried to, the 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 interesting part about this for this time was if you did a really top level kind of survey over the golden globes you might think that it was fairly inclusive this year right like you have like at the top level shows you have a few you know, black and brown shows. You have a few female-driven shows up there near the top of the list. But as you dig in any way deep into these things, you find that that's a very shallow and hollow version of what was really kind of going on. And so this yeah. is that call-out where they actually go, okay, we we see it, um, or we have to see it. Like,
0: You I don't think those too.
1: Yeah, and I don't think you can get away with it as much anymore. I, I Maybe you can. Maybe the Oscars will really prove to me that nothing's changed. Um, and I can just go back to, uh, just, uh, feeling bad about it all, but yeah, yeah, God, it might as well. Um, but, but in the, in the short term, I mean, you look at some of these awards, you do see that there were, you know, some really strong performances that were recognized. You see a lot that weren't, um, which is very unfortunate, but it is definitely, um, you know, it, it. I, I just can't believe, I mean, and again, I'm probably just a little bit of a, uh, an optimist. I just can't believe that you can get this much shit and just make no changes and, and see something change, at least right now. I don't think people, right. I don't think that, um, I don't think that the, um, the Gen Z kids are going to let things slide the way the rest of us did all these years.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at the, you know, for example, best actress, in, And we talked about this, but again, best actress in a, in a drama, right? Series. It's all white, mm-hmm. all, all white. Like, you know, and, and, you know, I would have taken me a Coleman on,
1: best television series, uh, comedy or musicals as white as it gets. Right. You got Schitt's Creek, Emily (laughs) in Paris, Flight Attendant, the great and Ted Lasso. I mean, Ted Lasso has the most uh, black and brown people and they're just side characters, soccer players. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, Schitt's Creek is all white. Emily in Paris. I I don't know. Um, Flight Attendant is pretty white with a little Rosie Perez thrown in there. Mm-hmm. And the grade is about Russians, uh, French Russians, or English Russians. Right. It's, it's it's as wide as it gets. It's a very white category uh, that didn't have to be. Uh, you know, there's there's there are a few pieces like that that are in here, and that's that's where it goes. That's where you really see the uh, the trouble here, which is that people aren't really
0: either people aren't really looking, or
1: or I I don't know. It, 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 it's troubling, and I I really hope that it changes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think people are looking now. That's for sure. There's been a lot of posts, and again, you see the same thing in the Best Actor. You know, for a TV series drama, and uh, you know, Josh O'Connor. I thought he did a great job as Prince Charles. I, I really did. You know this, but uh, you know, there's a lot of slots there. Matthew Reese as Perry Mason. I mean, that show is unwatchable, let alone a Best Performance. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think things do have to change. I mean, Catherine O'Hara, Shits Creek. She's great, though. Can you have fill? Could you have filled that? Uh, you know, category with some different faces? Yeah. You could have, yeah, you know, and on and on. So, but I know you know we're both very excited about Jason Sudeikis. Went absolutely
1: absolutely, very happy. I mean, and that's the not irony, but it's kind of the painful portion of all this. Yeah, I'm super glad Jason Sudeikis won. I'm really happy about a lot of these, you know in in an, in an isolated way. Mm-hmm. um Katherine O'Hara is so funny I don't I don't know how you pick anybody else you know and as far as I'm concerned Ted Lasso is great and he he, he provided something but you know and Don Cheadle was also very very funny in a in a in a se- season of uh Black Monday that kind of got separated into two that lost a lot of momentum coming out into COVID yeah, I think. Um, it. and it hurt it real bad um but you know I just, I still believe like, I'd rather be a little bit disappointed that Jason Sudeikis didn't win and see a lot more, you know, pull out some real, you know, really, you don't have to dig that deep to find great performances in Mm -hmm. comedy and other places uh, that just kind of just gets straight up overlooked. And that's the part that gets me. It gets me that we can't, uh, we can't, um, really, uh, dig 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 enough and fill these
0: slots the right way. Yeah. Which they could have been. I mean, yeah, totally I
1: mean, could
0: have. You're right. I mean, look, John Boyega winning for small acts. Great. You know, I mean, but now there's four other things there, uh, you know, ca- uh, slots there that you could have filled in a, in a bit of a different way. And especially like Donald Sutherland for the undoing, you mm-hmm. know, no, I mean, you know, there's another better show and better actor to put there. Um, you know, uh, you know how I felt about Anna Taylor joy and her performance mm-hmm. in the queen's gambit and her performance overall, I think her beating Kate Blanchett. Okay. Sure. I didn't really love that show. Um, but again, don't you think we could have put a lot of other. Yeah, we could. There, there just could have been some
1: uh, some some more interesting choices. I, I don't think you could have not put What's Her Face from uh, King's Gambit in there. She, right. I mean, that was one of those shows. I feel like the Hollywood Foreign Press Association has as much credibility to me as the People's Choice Awards. Um, when it comes to like their selectioning. And so I feel like that, of course, they're going to pick the Queen's Gambit because that's a show that might, you know, that people are talking about and could get a little ratings. Right.
0: I, you know, yeah. I, I think, you know, and I've heard it said before, that, you know, they, they, they're trying to throw the, the best party. Mm-hmm.
1: Which you know, and, they had the one, this is the one year they had the chance to like not worry about the party. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, listen, I know I've been going through the winners or anything, but do you, do you want to? Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Oh, you know, just, uh, You know, because I felt like I didn't do my homework. (laughs) No, no, I just just messed with you. No, I liked it. I liked it. I I just, I feel like, again, you know, we get to these things like, okay, so best performance by an actor in a limited series, anthology series, or motion picture made for television. Okay, so I don't know where to start. I thought Ethan Hawke was far better than anyone else, Mm. you know, in that category. And I saw all of these. Or at least you know Mm -hmm. most. I tried. I knew. I knew
1: Mark Ruffalo was going to win. I I could have told you that one. Now why? Because he's playing twins and he's sad.
0: Well, Mark Ruffalo, in fairness, is always sad.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was he was happy in um, that one where he's jumping around in his underpants. Uh, uh, the one with the memories. uh, Well, that's the
0: one where he had the bipolar.
1: No, the secrets of the spotless mind when he's just hanging out helping. What's her face?
0: That's him, right? Yeah, but he didn't have bipolar in that?
1: Oh, he was just jumping around on the bed, like helping Happy. get rid of all the other person memories. Yeah.
0: Wait, he's talking about eternal sunshine as Ballisman? Yeah. yeah. Right, but that was before he was Mark Ruffalo. Oh,
1: yeah. I yeah, you know. When when did he turn into Mark Ruffalo? Like uh, just, that, just so Mark I know Ruffalo. so I can make sure. I,
0: yeah. Um, you can count on me with Laura Lenny.
1: Oh, okay. So I have never really known Mark Ruffalo. I only knew all I really knew about Mark Ruffalo was 13 going on 30. Mm. Uh uh, maybe all Zodiac, right. Eternal Sunshine, and then Hulk. Maybe, right. oh, now you see me, now you don't, maybe. then that was around the same time as the other one. So yeah, those are the that. Hulk. No, not till the end and not until he's like a CGI Hulk. But then he's happy.
0: <laughs> now, um, I don't know. Did you get to see No Man Land yet? Nomad
1: Land yet? No, not interesting to me at all. I'll probably, I want to, I guess I got to see it, but no, no, no.
0: I watched it. I liked it. Uh, I mm-hmm. would have not picked that over Mank. I have to say. Have
1: picked, of, these, of these five, you'd have picked Mank, right? Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, I, you know how I feel about Trial of the Chicago 7. Now, Promising Young Woman um, was very close to Mank for me. You know, it, it, they're, they're just so different. You know, it's, it's really almost hard to put them uh, against each other. Yeah, but okay. You know, I, and again, I don't know. Promising Young Woman, it's like, yes, it's a drama, but there's a dark comedy sense to it. So, you know, the things that they decide to put in certain places, like, I know you said something to me, like, did you say Rosamund Pike won, right? For I Care a Lot? Mm hmm. And that was a freaking comedy? Is that?
1: Yeah, she won for comedy or musical.
0: That was not a funny movie.
1: I didn't know it was supposed to be a comedy. I told you, that, I think I told you, like, I think they're going for comedy in some of this. And that's why it was, felt very 90s to me. Like, it was like this thing where they're trying, like, I, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons when I told you how to like, I couldn't figure out if you should watch it or not is because I couldn't really tell what they were going for. But yeah, I guess that was supposed to be a black comedy.
0: Now, I got to ask you, You know how do you feel about Hamilton? First of all, Hamilton's not a motion picture. Second of all, okay, it's a musical, but is it a really a motion picture or is it you put the camera in the back of the uh,
1: it, I, It's neither of those things. Yeah, it's not a, it, I mean, I thank God it's it didn't win. <laughs> thank God it didn't win, but it's an, right. it's it, 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 it has music in it. Um, The prom is a movie musical, uh, right. which also sucked, but like Hamilton was uh, a musical that they, re- they filmed. So right. like, you know, and I guess they, they did some things. They gave you some angles and stuff. So hopefully, maybe it was filmed twice. Maybe they went through it a few times, but um, I'm glad it, it lost. I, I, version I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm glad. I'm glad it didn't win. I don't know why. I don't know where you justify that one winning um, for better or for worse. If they'd done like Hamilton, the like the like they did with like Les Mis or Chicago or something, right? I could see that thing playing. Um, in this being able to actually play in this category, but you're like that might even I'll, be interesting. Yeah, I mean, they will. That I think that was the original plan. I don't think that the Hamilton that they released was intended to be the definitive movie version of Hamilton. And if it was, um, it just goes <laughs> to show you how
0: how, yeah, how bad yeah. that movie was. <laughs> why we're you. right.
1: Exactly. And
0: why we've been right. Go ahead. Come at us. Exactly. Um, I was a little, look, I, I really, I love, I've watched Palm Springs at least, I think almost three times now. I mean, that is mm-hmm. a funny fucking movie. That's a very movie. funny
1: movie. Yeah. I, very I funny. thought that
0: should have won. Yeah. I mean, did you I, love Borat over over Palm no, Springs? But
1: but I do I do see the qualities of, of Borat over Palm Springs. I mean, I will say that Palm Springs, if you were gonna go like comedy movie made for television, Palm Springs would have fit on that a little bit better than it would motion picture to me. Like I don't think that that I don't think I don't think they have the right cameras even for a, <laughs> to make that a <laughs> movie. Um and maybe I'm wrong, but like I could see why Borat would win this one. It's tough. I think that 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 of the two films, based on some of the political stuff and just what's going out there, I think Borat's the more important, if you can call it an important film. It's okay. the one with a little bit of lasting on it. I think Palm Springs will always be a fun kind of cult classic movie, um, and I'm glad it got nominated because it's really fun. Um, okay. But uh, you know, Borat all you know, Borat ha- Borat brought news. There's all the Rudy Giuliani stuff that was in there. The uh, the actress that played Borat's daughter was incredible. Um, It was it as good as Borat? No. Did Borat get nominated for anything? No. Um, Should this have gotten nominated in any other year? No. Is it better than Hamilton: <laughs> Music in the Prom for that's sure? A lot of knows <laughs> right there. Yeah, but it's better than like all the other shit that's on here except for Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. And then if you're going to put up Palm Springs versus this, like, you know, I, I I don't know. I I I agree with you. I think Palm Springs is the better movie, but I think Borat. Probably, I, I I think I, I would have, I, I'm not mad at it because I think this is what, you know, probably would have won
0: regardless. I mean, yeah, I, listen, I just think Palm Springs was funnier. Like if it's yeah. a musical or comedy, if we're just basing it on a comedy, to me, Palm Springs is the funniest out of all of those. So if you're doing the best comedy and since Borat wasn't a musical, that's that's really what I'm basing it on. Now, uh, again, but I, I think you're right. Everything you're saying, I don't I don't have any gripe mm-hmm. or argument with it whatsoever they're very fair and and solid points um and and you know this is going to be a split thing but at least i feel like you know there's there's a decent pull there mm-hmm. i agree uh, right i so, agree i
1: think that uh, i mean they didn't do it wrong like if if the prom or hamilton had won this then i'd be upset like if Palm ring had won, oh, i wouldn't be upset or music uh, Or oh, yeah i don't yeah or music like oh. even like i think that even i i bet you that sia just said please don't Even if I win, just say 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 I didn't say Borat.
0: Yeah, anyone, just don't say me. Don't. I mean, she got so much slack over this movie. uh, I don't think anyone thought there was a chance in hell that they were pulling any globe out of that event last night. Now, again, so you didn't see Nomadland, uh, but again, I I did. I don't. You know, I liked it. I think it's great. I don't think she was the best director. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, again, I would pit Fincher. Over that, as far as just on a cinematic basis, right? We're not talking right. about social consciousness or anything. I think, you know, One Night in Miami is a great movie, but is it a movie that, you know, it's is going to stand? What'd you say, buddy? It's a
1: play and it's directed like a play.
0: Yeah, it is. And I'm glad you got nominated. You know, thank God Sorkin didn't win. Um, but it, to me, it was always between Emerald Fennel and David Fincher. Those mm-hmm. were the two real. Uh, filmmakers of the, of the bunch with unique voices. Uh, Chloe Zhao made a beautiful piece of poetry that, you know, I kind of want to go see at the Metropolitan during the day.
1: Right. Right. I'm just, I'm just looking at some of the other stuff she's directed. I don't know her uh, body of work very well at all.
0: All right. All right.
1: So she's directed some interesting stuff, but nothing that I've ever seen. Um, Yeah.
0: What has she directed? You obviously looked it up, right?
1: Yeah, um she's going to be the director of the new Eternals movie for Marvel, oh, which right. is part That's of her push. Yes. Uh, she directed something called The Rider, uh, Songs My Brother Taught Me, or, yeah, mm-hmm. and something called Daughters and then The Atlas Mountains, which looks like a um which I it, I guess it be a um oh, a glimpse of the uh it also looks like a um Show, like a movie just about mountains, which like that would play. <laughs> and it, like, you know.
0: So this was the culmination of her thesis mm-hmm. on mountains. Yeah. Was going to the Badlands. <laughs> um, what I was thrilled about is Andre Day winning. Now the United States versus Billy Holiday. Uh, have you seen this? Because it is. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. This is, uh, th- you know, Lee Daniels, you know, leave it to him. You know, he makes great stuff most of the time. I mean, even his shitty stuff is still better than most stuff out there. Uh, mm-hmm. But this was. This is a special, special movie. And I, you know, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. So I'm gonna say, but there's a twist that comes, you know, of the end of the first act, even. And, and I just didn't even see it coming. The acting is so fierce. Andre Day did such an amazing job. And, uh, you know, while I really loved Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman, and Viola Davis is always amazing, uh, but Andre Day did something so special that I was like, okay, thank God. And then posthumously, we get Chadwick, Bozeman.
1: Right, which is nice. And his wife took the yeah lead, and this this was nice. And I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that they honored him here. Um, mm-hmm. This is you know I don't have anything to say about this except they made the right choice. Um, and I mean this is an interesting one too because obviously Riz Ahmed did a great job. Yes. Um, and uh, I'm really- assuming Gary Oldman did okay too on May, considering how much he liked that movie.
0: Yeah, uh, I
1: did not awards. I watched the. I didn't watch the other two, um, but I, uh, I think that Chadwick definitely, you know, to be able to uh, honor him and also to, uh, it, especially in a role that's his best, is uh, is uh, is, a, is a thing that at least that could be done.
0: Yeah, listen, I, I got nothing but you know thumbs up on that. I mean, I thought Maria Bakalova should have won over Rosamund Pike or anyone in that category. To be quite honest, she did. I thought the best performance of the year in comedy, uh, other. Well, I'm not even going to say other than. I thought she did an amazing job,
1: what she did. Absolutely. absolutely.
0: And I was a little, you know, when reading it, I was very disappointed, to be honest with you. And Rosamund Pike, I thought, was uh, nothing. I, I, wow. I didn't, you know how I felt about that movie. It just mm-hmm. felt like, uh, you know. And then you got Sasha. So, okay, so you're staying consistent, right? With, with what, I mean, Lynn I mean, manuel not winning. That's okay. Dev was great in the personal history of David Copperfield. But yeah. again, you know. I mean, at least you're staying consistent. I mean, you're happy with this, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: fine with this. I mean, he, he acted a lot. I mean, can you really say Andy is acting in Palm Springs?
0: Um, well, yeah, you can. It, well, here's the thing. Did you feel for the character at the end? Did you want yeah. them to be together? If you did, then he's acting.
1: Yeah. Is he though? Or is he just like adorable?
0: <laughs> well, he's definitely adorable.
1: Like, you know, is he's my, like one of those. My actor, is my a good actor? She just like know how to like talk her face. <laughs> Right when you're really mad at her and go, oh, I love you too much. I'm sorry. Here's your phone back. <laughs> because then they both, then she deserves a Golden Globe just as much as Andy Sandberg. I'm not saying Andy's not learning to act and really getting in there and has a, has a, but he's got a natural sweetness. He's not, he's not coming out of the Andy, he's play, still playing the role of Andy Sandberg as a <laughs> uh, charming guy. I, I've yet to like see him really come out of that. That role, except maybe the the little bit he was doing of uh, Wahlberg in those uh, SNL commercials, like say hi to your mother for me. Hey, hey, bird, what the fuck, bird? Say hi to your mother for me.
0: I want to see him do his uncut gems or Punch Drunk Love. <laughs> I do. I want to see him do that because I I think he's got a dark side. He oh, can't he's be got a lot more in him. I mean, he's just starting. Being he's that just dark, starting. I think that
1: he could do whatever he wants. I, I think that he could get out there. I don't think Lu Manuel Miranda uh, can rap much less write. <laughs> James Corden's fine, I guess, and Dev Patel was good, but like Andy, I I I I would I'll give it to Andy when he, uh, you know, when he really comes out like and does his thing. I know that there's a there's an award-winning performance
0: in that guy. Yeah, and and you know Daniel uh, Kaluuya, that was absolutely like that was the right call, not for diversity, not for anything else other than the best damn Mm -hmm. performance. Period. That was pretty amazing. So. I had no issue there, though. I see we are out of time. Yep. Uh, so we could probably keep going through this. We could pick it up again on Wednesday. We'll pick it up on Wednesday.
1: We can get through the rest of these um, by then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we're in good shape.
0: Okay. Well, this has been a blast. I, I love being back. And uh, again, thanks to Jeff Hirsch and stars and uh, you know, hashtag take the lead initiative. Check that out. It's very, very fascinating. And I'd love to see more people adapting this into their business model. So until our next episode, everybody stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman. Take
1: care, everybody. Love you.